if somebody takes down PayPal's site for a day, whoop de do. But if if someone undermines the confidence in PayPal, they're dead. Hello and welcome to Terrifying Robot Dog. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about how technology is changing the way we interact with the world. This week, we talk about troll bots. Please stay tuned. Terrifying Robot Dog is next. That sounds so scary. Yeah, a bunch of, a bunch of little robots zooming around with like the big fluorescent hair. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Monchichis, like those pencils. Yeah. Those pencils you flip around. Yeah, except these would be mechanical pencils. Exactly. So the troll bots of which we speak are not manifest physically. Yet. But not yet, right. We're Can you talking. imagine if there were? <laughs> <laughs> so we were inspired to talk about this topic by an article by someone named Hugh Hancock. And the article is entitled Rise of the Troll Bot. And it was... His article was inspired by the Tay chatbot that Microsoft launched uh, as we record this a couple of weeks ago, I guess. Yeah, I think it's it's probably been three or four weeks now. I think we might have briefly mentioned it. Mm. So this was, you know, like a lot of people are talking about AI and that sort of thing these days. It's turning into that sort of jump the shark mode where now everything that has an algorithm in it is powered by proprietary AI. Machine learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think that all, really only companies that have access to Google scale data can make any headway at this. So maybe Microsoft, Google, Amazon. Yeah, Microsoft could certainly be one of those. Yes, definitely. But they didn't do a great job this time. No, they, they tried and, and then 4chan found out about it. Mm-hmm. I guess the interesting thing is that Microsoft is the kind of company that maybe should have known better, but yeah, it's, it was, a, I mean, the end result was a little disappointing, but not at all surprising. Right. And you know, basically what happened was people found a way to game the bot to make it learn. Yeah. Microsoft put a Twitter bot on the internet and in less than 24 hours, the internet had turned it into a racist jerk. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, I mean, but who cares? You know what I mean? Like, there's, yeah. there's actual racist jerks on the internet. Right. So who cares if, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I just really didn't find it that interesting. I think the interesting part was just that it was Microsoft. Yeah, and they should have known better. Like, if yeah. if some if some tone-deaf company, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, like a bank or something, you know, it just doesn't get it. Yeah. You know, put something up that's just poorly thought out, and it's just so funny for anonymous or 4chan or really not anonymous more like 4chan just sort of like 13 year old script kitties who have too much time on their hands just being like oh can we game this system yeah <laughs> and they just for fun so and you know to make the the big bad company have egg on their face they think that's hilarious so you know this happens with like online voting any you know there's like all the the it's not uncommon for online mm-hmm. voting to get you know, what was the, there were some funny stories about times man of the year getting hijacked by 4chan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. So that's not the most, int- the Tay thing was just the kickoff for this troll swarm concept, this troll swarm article, which I, I do find a lot more interesting. And it kind of spawns out of our conversation from the last show where people trust what they read online. They put perhaps almost certainly too much trust in what they read online. Mm-hmm. And when, and, and what we were talking about was an API uh, often you, and Wikipedia and sort of static blog posts. 
But if you put together some kind of automation that can potentially trick people into a conversation. Yeah, if it has a personality and it starts interacting with people, then if it's if it does it well enough, you're going to assume it's a person. Right. It's it's even more likely that you're going to I I hesitate to use the word trust, but that you're going to you're going to lend some validity to it or credibility. Yeah, it's going to it's going to nudge you in a direction. So what's interesting is, you know, you, with the the Tay story, the Microsoft Twitter bot story, it was obviously a joke. You know what I mean? It's like Microsoft's not going to put like a racist bot on Twitter. They have no, there's <laughs> right? no, no way for them to benefit from that. So what I think is way more interesting is the idea of marketers creating bots that are meant to do things like add positive Amazon reviews to something. Yeah. Yeah. Things that... Things that feel legitimate, but then they have this maybe this undertone of of some other message. Exactly. So when you think of like the what's it called the low orbit ion cannon, which is like uh, a a I mean it's called a botnet, which is started we're starting to get a little confusing with the terms here, but mm-hmm. the idea is that if you can gain control of hundreds of thousands or maybe even millions of computers, you can orchestrate a distributed denial of service attack against a particular website. And that's a very, that's a very blunt instrument when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody, you know, if Amazon, Amazon, if anonymous wants to take down the visa website or chase because they're ticked off that, uh, they won't allow Edward Snowden to get donations, for example, I think this actually happened. I think it may have, it might've been PayPal though. I'm not sure. Yeah, it might've been. If you think about them taking down the website, that's like a, you know, that's like a violent is probably a strong word, but it's obviously like, it's an obvious thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like hitting it with a hammer. Mm-hmm. But what if instead anonymous played the long game and they just completely undermined PayPal's credibility forever? Right. Let's say they had a bunch of, like, say they created a bunch of these bots and these bots seemed like carried on the persona for a while of legitimate, nice, happy people that built up followers and did interesting things that made people want to follow them. And and then over time, they just they casually start mentioning problems with PayPal. Yep. Or the, the occasional tweet about something getting screwed up in their PayPal account. And, and, and over time, you know, it's sort of distributed across maybe a thousand different bots that aren't connected to each other. And it, it all seems unrelated. But suddenly you've got a, a, a thousand nice, friendly, fake people who are making complaints about PayPal. Right. And that like creates their own echo chamber. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. Twitter already has a really bad echo chamber problem. Yeah. So imagine if a bunch of bots start doing it and all of a sudden you're like, geez, I, man, I've been hearing that PayPal's really been screwing the pooch lately. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to generate a lot, of bu- a lot of buzz. Right. And like who goes back and verifies that those are real people? Yeah. And... What if real people who already have an axe to grind against PayPal start retweeting them and you know that they are real people? Yeah, you know that's going to happen because there's there's plenty of people that do have legitimate problems with, well, any financial service because because money is complicated and people are sensitive about it. So there's all there's going to be all kinds of legitimate complaints or, or hurt feelings or things from people and people are going to join in. Yeah, so this, this is far more scary to me than a mm-hmm. denial of service attack. It's much more subtle. Oh, and destructive. Yeah. Like if somebody tries, if somebody takes down PayPal's site for a day, whoop de doo But if, if someone undermines the confidence in PayPal, they're dead, right? Yeah, yeah. You can imagine 
you know, I said marketing before, so you, but you could have a guerrilla pro or it's like a smear campaign. Basically, it's like you could have a marketing campaign for your own stuff and a smear campaign against your competitor. Mm-hmm. And it would be really hard to it would be as the target of the smear campaign. Well, like, what's your recourse? Yeah, I mean, the the like the onus is on you to disprove all of this. Exactly. This is kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it reminded us of the conversation last week about text versus other mediums. And mm-hmm. the article that we're referring to, this, uh, you know, rise of the troll bot and the troll swarm cometh, et cetera. There's a, a couple of things about it that are fundamental assumptions that aren't actually called out in the article. And one of them is that all of this is happening in a text medium. Mm-hmm. And like we discussed last week, one of the huge disadvantages of a text medium is that it's easily faked. It's easy to pretend you're someone else. Right. I mean, it's also easy to pretend that someone else's work is yours. It's easy to plagiarize. Yeah. But it's also easy to put words in somebody else's mouth. You know, I could say, Abraham Lincoln said what? (laughs) You know? Right. Like, I I could write a blog post right now and quote you in it. And Yeah. No one would know that it, it wasn't you. Right. But if, but you couldn't post a, vi- it would be extremely difficult for you to post audio of me saying the same thing or yeah. video of me saying the same thing. Yeah, we should challenge the listeners <laughs> to put words in our mouths by using episodes. Episodes. Yeah. Past episodes. Right. And to make it convincing, like say something like horrifying or hilarious. <laughs> They're probably, you know, I mean, we probably have, we have hundreds of hours of audio recorded of yeah, us. Yeah, between, between this and niche, there's probably enough to do it. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's possible. So perhaps, the, I mean, certainly it's way harder, way harder. I mean, you'd have yeah. to listen to hundreds of hours of audio. But, you know, I, I know that there are some startups indexing audio, so who knows. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you could at least find the words that you were looking for and put together a ransom note of audio. <laughs> But it's certainly way, way, way easier to do with text. I mean, you can just write anything and put somebody's name under it. And if it gets traction on Facebook or wherever, it might as well have happened. It happened. Like, this is the whole reason Snopes exists. Totally. Right. For people who don't know, Snopes is kind of like the first place you go when you think an internet hoax is happening to you. Mm -hmm. God, imagine that. Imagine if Snopes became like the identity verifier of the world. They're kind of positioned for it. Kind of, yeah. Better yeah, than better than wow. like the U.S. government. So, I mean, that just, would be... Well, just imagine undermining undermining the credibility of Snopes. Or hacking Snopes. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, it's true. It's Snopes said it. It must be true. Right. <laughs> right? It is funny now that you mention it, how there are certain outlets online that I trust more than others. Mm-hmm. You know, because they've got skin in the game because that's their whole reputation. It's like that's, it boils, that's their whole thing. Yeah, you know. it kind of boils down to reputation, doesn't it? So there's another angle to this that we talked about leading up to the show, which is truth versus reputation or truth versus opinion, I guess. So, but I don't know. I, it feels like now that we're talking about it, it feels like shaky territory, but I was reminded of a book that was written uh, about Einstein mm-hmm. and apparently the, th- his theory of relativity was not, there were a lot of philosophic objections to it at the time. Oh, yeah. And a book was published called uh, 100 Authors Against Einstein. And Einstein's reaction was like, why 100? One would be enough if I was wrong. (laughs) 
This is science we're talking about. If I'm wrong, only one person needs to prove it. A hundred people saying I'm wrong, but not proving it. Yeah. Like what's, what's that quote from, from Neil deGrasse Tyson is the great thing about science is it's true whether you believe it or not. (laughs) Exactly. And so I feel like there's some kind of angle there, but like part of me, I suppose the idealistic part of me wants to say that, you know, if something happened, it doesn't really matter the reputation of the person who reports it because it happened. Mm-hmm. But then you get into the whole notion of revisionist history and that kind of thing. And we even mentioned on a previous episode, you know, I, do I really need a newer article on the Nixon presidency? It's like, well, I don't know, maybe well, what we said at the time was for certain topics, you want newer information because those topics change. Nixon presidency is not going to change literally, but it, and you therefore don't necessarily care about the date that an article was written about it. But I suppose it depends on how important the decisions you're making based on that information are. Yeah, maybe you do care because history is written by the winners. Mm-hmm. And then as time goes by, you get less biases and, and more more objectivity. And when revisiting things, new stuff comes to light. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, like news, news is new, right? It's baked right into the name there, isn't it? And the and new things could come to light. But barring that, let's say that let's say that no new information came to light. The articles that were written right after it happened have got to be way more emotionally charged. Even if they mm-hmm. don't appear to be that way, the people who wrote them must almost certainly have been affected by the uh, situation in a way that, you know, they were living through it. So it must yeah. have been more. Imp- One way or the other, they cared a lot more than we do 50 years later. Yeah, we don't, who cares? I mean, okay, it happened, but so did a million other things, and that was hardly the worst one. So we're extending that idea into the the sort of ability for an idea to be floated by what appears to be a large group of people, Mm -hmm. like an agreement of a large group of people, which was actually spawned by a very small group of people, or maybe even one person, and making it look like there's a, a huge auditorium of people pounding their fists on the chairs because they're angry about something when really it's just one guy with a script. <laughs> yeah. That's really scary. That it's one of the most scary things we've talked about in the show. In my opinion, that is really frightening because it feels like it's totally doable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's um when you were showing me the article, and we were talking about it and stuff. It reminded me of like the sort of B plot in Ender's Game, except done with robots instead of yes, when they just kind of orchestrate a debate between two two opposing factions over the internet and and build up this following. Neither of which either one of them believed. Right. They just devil advocated each other until somebody kind of gathered the most followers. Yeah, <laughs> really. and then they and then they used that to to gain political power. Right. Oh, man. That could never happen in a real U.S. presidential (laughs) election. Oh, no. That never happens. (laughs) So what's the antidote? I feel like the antidote. So I feel like what's going to happen is, well, one of two two obvious things could happen and probably would, would be somewhere in between the two. But I feel like the two obvious things that could happen on the one end of the spectrum is that the, the sort of bad outcome, which is that uh, trust in big, cause probably be either big brands would get targeted by this or individuals would be targeted mm-hmm. for really personal reasons. So, yeah. so which, the, which already happens. So just imagine mm-hmm. adding 
a bunch of, of highly capable AI bots to this. Right. Because that stuff already goes on. Yeah, like there's the terrible high school bullying by bots, like bully bots. There's YouTubers attacking other YouTubers all the time and, and things like that. Oh, man. So, okay, so that is horrifying. And I, you could totally, absolutely, you can see that in within 18 months that I feel like that'll be potentially commonplace. But so the, there's kind of two things that can happen out of that. Let's just assume it happens and mm-hmm. it becomes fairly commonplace. There'll be a name for it. Well, I guess they got this guy gave a name to it, you know, troll bots or whatever. And it'll either everyone will believe it and, you know, like vulnerable people will get depressed or do some, or even worse and companies will lose revenue, et cetera, et cetera. Or companies will build up great reputations that shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It can work both ways. Yes. So, you know, lying on a, you know, what's the, on a sort of automated scale, sort of like word of, it's like automated, it's like robot word of mouth. Yeah. So if that happens, then people are either going to believe it and just sort of fall in and be manipulated by it. And then there'll be an arms race of, of smear campaigns versus marketing campaigns. Mm-hmm. You know, who's got the better bot, the better troll bot net. It'll, it'll be like election season all the time. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and the other, the other potential outcome of that is that I suppose, I suppose the tricky part is what percentage of the population is going to believe the troll bots and what percentage of the population is going to recognize that troll bots have basically eroded trust, not in individual companies or people, but the entire internet. But the entire internet and they start looking for alternate, alternate sources of verification, like you said, like audio and video. Right. So all of a sudden text becomes an untrustworthy medium. Man, this is another slippery slope into the end of literacy because it's like, is it another problem with, well, I'll stay on topic here. Yeah. I just, I look, I know there are advantages to text. There are lots of advantages, but man, the disadvantages are really getting serious. They, they are. And I just, I, I hate it. And I'm not saying I hate your, your idea. I just, no, I don't like it either. No, but it's just like like I hate it. Like there's there's so much advantages to text, and it's it's such a integral part of like our existence at this point. But man, if you look historically, it's less than a blip. I know. It was super important. You know, it's not. Is it? I don't think you can argue that it's less important now than it was. I mean, it is less important now. Like mm-hmm. you could easily become. Uh, well, I say easily, like. It, it would be that easy. But I mean, something like Khan Academy or just YouTube, you can totally learn can, all sorts of, you could be an eloquent speaker and never know how to read these days. You can days. become very well educated on a subject without reading about it now. Exactly. Right. Right. So, okay. Do I think that's good? No. Do I think it's, you know, do I think it's better? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's possible and it wasn't possible before. I mean, I'm yeah. old enough to remember having to ride my BM at my white BMX mongoose bicycle, you know, like 10 miles, literally maybe seven miles mm-hmm. to the Warwick public library. To the public library. Yeah. Flipping through, flipping through the card catalog. Yeah. With a bunch of dimes to Xerox some pages. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. That was not better than now. That was not better. So anyway, uh, the, if the trust in the text medium erodes, or if this, if this, I could see this phenomenon eroding the trust in text so that we need to have a verification system in place where we can actually kind of prove. Yeah. 
yeah, or like believe that A, the person who's pretending to be a person is a person. Mm-hmm. I think we have a title. <laughs> <laughs> and B, that, that first, that it is a person. And second, if you care, that it's the person that supposedly said that it. That it's supposed to be, yeah. Right. Yeah, and... Easiest way to do that right now is video. It's yeah. you, you could talk about like PGP and all that. It's never going to happen. Yeah, talk, but talking about the the end of text, it's it's going to take something to push us that way. And and this could this could well be it. That's going to just yeah. I hate it. I hate it. But I think I, I like text apocalypse better. I think text text apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah, it's harder to say. Uh, text again. Text again is good. Text again is good. And the the nice part is no one will ever have to spell them. Right. <laughs> Since we're all going to be illiterate, you didn't hear it from us, folks. <laughs> um, Just think, though, like vid- you could instantly solve this problem with video. Yeah. And yes, perhaps in a surprisingly short amount of time, it will be possible to spoof video in a way that it looks like a person. I don't know. I mean, you'll look at a movie like Ex Machina. If that were really real, you wouldn't know if it could be a real camera on a real mm-hmm. person talking. You know, but it turns out it's actually an Android that is that looks like Barack Obama or whatever. But I'm at, oh, I mean, forget about it. When video goes down, then it's like, how do you trust anything that anybody yeah, says? Just, just forget about it. We're, we'll just descend. The world will descend into chaos. <laughs> well, it'll go back to like it'll go back to in person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like people you actually know in person saying, "Oh yeah, that that bank is good." Yeah, I. I I hate the idea. Oh man, I, I I just really hate the idea of not being able to trust something I read. Mm. Well, I mean, we already have uh, th- th- we already have that in dribs and drabs. Yeah, but it's it's. But, I mean, it's not it's not the large scale like like n- like nothing you read is true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's like you said, history's written by the winners, and you've got yellow journalism, and you've got uh, people who have a sort of bully pulpit that use logical fallacies to trick non-critical thinkers mm. into Yeah, getting, I mean I guess you're right. This is nothing new. It's just a just an extension of it and and makes it like much more prolific, I guess. Yeah, it's like an order of orders of magnitude mm-hmm. greater because you can because the computing is so cheap and the technology is there that you can create convincing a, a, you can convincingly create an arena full of bots. Yeah, you can convincingly create an arena full of fake people that are complaining about or 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 raving about something online. Oh my God, you have to see this video! <laughs> Everybody yeah. clicks on it, and Everybody it's like, on it and it's like it's like not that great. <laughs> Just manufacture a viral hit with bots. Mm-hmm. It would be so interesting to hear from somebody who works at say like YouTube or Amazon or Wikipedia because they must have. They've, I'm sure, been dealing with this for 10 years, like trying to keep reviews, you know, or Yelp is another one where people yeah. people will have a really strong financial motivation to go and slag other businesses as yeah. if they were a customer or something. Yeah, or build up a bunch of great reviews for themselves. And, and whether it's bots or you're paying someone in a, a third world country pennies a review to do it, mm-hmm. it's been going on for probably as long as there have been review sites. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so what's the takeaway? Okay, here's the here's a fun takeaway for you. Okay, good because this is depressing me. Yeah, it's something fun. So, dear listener, as you go about your daily life for the next week or so, in the back of your mind, ask yourself 
if the thing you're reading, if you believe it, why you believe it, how much you care about it, how much trust you put into it, and, and like really question what you're basing that on. And if you're like me, you're going to be like, mm, not very much. <laughs> <laughs> another, another fun exercise is to, is to start to just take notice of, of the sites that you trust. So for example, if I ever want to read a review of gear, I go straight to the verge. I don't go anywhere else. I don't Google for it. I go straight to the verge because I know, well, see, I believe that the people on the verge who I've seen in, I've never met any of them, but I've seen many, many, many of them in video. Mm -hmm. And I know that I like them and that I have the similar style of opinion as they do. I look for the same kinds of things in gear. So I trust them because I've seen them and listened to them and I get the vibe. And so when I go and read, I, I assume the site's not been hacked and I assume that it was written by the person that says it was written by. Yeah. So presumably the guy writing the article is the same guy you've seen in the video. Right. Like Neil Patel or Dieter or whatever. And mm-hmm. I'll go there, you know, Ellis Hamburger, which is probably the best name ever. <laughs> and you go on there and I'm like, okay. Like I have reason to believe because they own this domain name that has a lot to do with it actually, because they own the domain name. it's not happening on Twitter and it's not happening in the comments. It's happening on the main, you know what I mean? Like my yeah. trust is actually yeah. in, primarily in the domain name. And then I read an article written by a person who I believe is the person cause they would fix it if it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And no, it's interesting. So anyway, the, the suggestion to the dear listeners to actually question actively t- question that your trust in things that you're reading presumption presumption being that 99% of the things you read in the next week are going to be online and ask yourself, you know, why do I trust it? Is, is video involved? Is audio involved? And then when you look at other sources like, Oh, you know, do I trust video more? Does this matter more? Does a, 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 a YouTube about a story on uh, CNN hold more weight than an article about it on the HuffPo? I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting, and I'm I'm just now realizing that when I'm if I'm looking for a review of something, like I I don't necessarily read articles first. I like the first place I go if I look for a hardware review is YouTube channels of people of these tech reviewers that have like millions of subscribers and this long history, and that I've been following for months or years. Mm-hmm. Whose name you might not know? They might not use their real name. Like Pootie Pie or Stampy Longnose. I mean, those are those are gamers, not gear, right. not gear people. Yeah, I, can, but. I can only take Pootie Pie in about thirty second increments. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's worth pointing out that I have no idea what their real names are, and yeah. but yet I would I would totally trust Stampy to turn me on to a a uh, not a plugin a uh, mod that is not going to be bad for a six year old. Yeah, I have no idea who the dude is. He's got an accent like he lives in London, but that's about all I know. Yeah. But I've watched or, or been in the room with hundreds and hundreds of his videos played. <laughs> and I know that he just, he doesn't swear. He keeps, he, the whole thing's clean. It's safe for kids. So I just trust, I just trust that person, mm-hmm. whoever is, whoever he is. Whoever he is. His, he's built up this reputation through you seeing him f- for hundreds of videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, that's interesting. What if it turns out Stampy's a bot <laughs> with a fro? <laughs> <laughs> All bots should have fros. Yeah. All right. Are we good? I think, I think we're, we're good. good. I think we're good. 
That's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week for Terrifying Robot Dog. Bye. Bye. Would you like to support Terrifying Robot Dog? Good. Just think of two friends <laughs> who would dig the show <laughs> and send them to terrifyingrobotdog.com for links to iTunes, Facebook, and RSS feeds. If you don't have two friends... You can create one with a small shell script. <laughs> uh, you can still help us out by creating a small shell script that would leave a bunch of nice reviews on iTunes. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>